Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. I love it. I love it. But uh, welcome back to another great episode of the Scoreboard Addicts Podcast. I'm Nick, and with me as always is Anthony the Rook and TJ, who is, eh, he's mildly hammered today. He's got a good-looking tan, though. He's looking, he's looking sunburned a little bit. In case you haven't noticed, I'm not, no, I'm not in my normal office, surrounded by my amazing artifacts that I usually have strewn about my, uh, my office. Take it easy, Indiana. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Adobo Jones. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm, I'm down here in Florida. Aloha. Uh, that's not the right word, but all right. Down in the Sunshine State. And uh, I'm at my parents' house down here visiting for the, uh, the weekend. And we're going to be going to Universal. And I'm going to do a little, uh, I don't know, what am I going to do? A little review of Universal Studios and you know, butterbeer, because we always do beer reviews. I'll be doing butterbeer. Can you give us a review of your parents' house? It's nice, man. It's ranch style. It's ranch style, three bedrooms, two bathrooms. There's a pool. There's not a pool. Old people don't need pools. Air conditioning. Nice. <laughs> Air conditioning. How humid is it out right now? Oh, it's, it's, it's humid, man. It's wet. How many times has it rained today? It hasn't. Oh, not yet. It, it has not. It has not. Uh, it is. It's a balmy, friggin' eighty something degrees, but like I'm sweating like a whore in church right now. You know what they say about the Florida weather, right? What's that? If you don't like it, wait five minutes. That's. I wanted it to be funnier than it was. It, That's. It was, I it, heard that statement. I went to away to Florida last year, Brandy. I heard that statement like at least twenty times from all the old men walking around. Because we had a lot of rain down, we were in the Gulf Coast, and there was just rain like every day at two o'clock to like two to three, and then as soon as yeah. the rain they just go. If you don't like the weather in Florida, just wait five minutes. That's what you get for going to the early bird dinner special. <laughs> Spend the extra six bucks, dude. Go with the uh, regular age people. 
<laughs> Not me. I mean, I, pudding ready. I was I was uh, stumbling my way back from the from the beach. From all my uh, my boat drinks <laughs> and sand in your crack. Nah. Not supposed to take that with you now. Oh, I, I just got a text message from royalty. From royalty. Incoming inbound text message from Thomas Doyle Senior. Oh, you kids have a great vacation. Please give my best to all. So, Dad, uh, Big Tom says, you know, best and thanks and all that good stuff. And give uh, Big Tom a big uh, happy birthday. His birthday is actually August. I'm not going to say his birthday. That's private information. But, his yeah, it's, it's, it's a week away. It's next what week. The way? Happy, happy early birthday, Big Tom. Yeah. There we appreciate go. your support. Financial support would be nice, but whatever. That <laughs> yeah, maybe a little more financial support. But actually, actually, Big Tom, I, I have another gift for you. Uh, next week, I'll drop it off at your house. It's a stack of cash. I'll I'll, I'll give it to him. Don't worry. It's definitely not a stack of cash. <laughs> nice envelope. Sorry. Cash. Sorry. Don't it's from me. my heart, though. It's from it's from this area right here. It's Tabasco. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so back to the world on. of sports. We have a big news. Jacob Trooper, the 28th captain in New York Rangers history. Boys, what do Hell you think? Yeah. Dude, I love it. And I, I love how butthurt everybody on Twitter is. It's like, I, I don't understand Ranger fans. They're getting almost as embarrassing as Met fans at this point. Like, with the love hate of players that are impact players on the team that just don't understand the sport. I mean, Jacob Truba is uh, hes a threat to put points on the board. I mean, it's the first time the Rangers have had a defenseman that consistently can score. They can, you know, uh, dish the puck and pass it and get a couple assists and just absolutely lay the wood and throw the body around and make it count. I mean, dude, if you watch the, the Rangers playoffs, you saw the impact that Jacob Truba had, the amount of minutes he played, and how, how physical he was on the ice. And if you don't think that that isn't worth two cents, you, you're out of your mind. You don't know the sport. It's so helpful to have a, a defenseman, a big defenseman, be able to throw the body around, be able to move the puck up and down the ice. It's, I, I mean, it's one of those things where it, it's often overlooked. But for the Rangers, we haven't had it in so long that I don't understand how this man isn't celebrated more. So him getting the captaincy is a, a great honor for him, and I think it's well-deserved. A lot of people are saying it should have been Kreider. And the only thing I can think of, because obviously Kreider's play on the ice dictates that, you know, yeah, he he's, would obviously deserve to wear the C, but maybe he's just not as vocal in the locker room. Maybe he's just not, you know, that guy in the locker room uh, in between periods, you know, getting the team – you know, on their toes and ready to go out there and battle. I, I don't know. But it, either way, on paper and just doing the eye test, uh, Jacob Taruba, well-deserved, man. He, he's he's an asset, and people really need to stop bitching and moaning, and especially Rangers fans saying, oh, man, he's a dirty player. I Show me one dirty hit he's laid. I mean, I, these are the same people that would celebrate, you know, Zidane Chara if he would have been on the Rangers in his prime. He does the same thing. He's a big guy. Yeah, he gets the arms up. That's because most guys' head are right next to his arms or his shoulders. So cut the bullshit, learn hockey before you open up your mouth because you're just embarrassing yourself. 
Yeah, I we talked about this yesterday. T. I was kind of shocked that uh that it wasn't Kreider. I again, I I wasn't mad. I'm not mad. Like how could I? I don't understand how anybody can be mad about uh, a player that's been on your team for a minute gets honored as being a captain. Like I get having favorites and all, but like you know, like my favorite player is for the Yankees is Bernie Williams. I wasn't really mad when Derek Jeter got named captain. I was just like, all right, whatever. I mean, cool. Right. It, it doesn't, it, you know, it, and we made that that little thing with Mighty Ducks and, and Charlie and, and the how can he expect me to leave when he takes away my seat. And, again, all it is is it's a nice honor and everything, but I've never in my career, I've never needed somebody to tell me I was a leader. You just do it. You do it. You do it in everything that you do. You don't just, you don't just uh, have somebody appoint you a leader. You, they either see you as a leader already or they right. Right, you know it's how you carry yourself. It doesn't matter if there's a C on your jersey. Absolutely, I agree. Absolutely not. I mean, I think I think TJ knows that he was our, a captain on our team uh, when we played baseball together, but nobody ever put a C on his chest. But Still just the way about you, that, actually. <laughs> oh, stop it! It's, it's fucking ten years ago. Let it go. <laughs> I will say, I wanted yeah, to be I, like I, uh, Jason Veritek, like look at me. I will say though, I, I agree with Nick. I was a little shocked. I really thought it was Kreider because way Kreider always carried himself during the playoffs. He was always the last guy on the ice, especially in that that defeated uh, you know in Tampa in Game Six in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. He greeted every one of those guys on the way out, and I just felt like that was just a captain move. And I thought that would be the next person, but I mean, I think Trubo obviously has also been that leader leadership role throughout last season. And like TJ said, he's a he's a two way player, offense, defense. He, listen, he has big hits. He's physical on the ice. Uh, listen, I don't, I don't hate Jacob Truba. Am I a little shocked that Chris Kreider wasn't it? Yeah, I'm a little shocked, but I'm not. I don't hate the Jacob Truba uh, being named captain. Uh, I still think you know uh, he's get, Kreider's going to have an A on his chest. You know he's still going to be a leader in that locker room. And same thing with Mika. I know people are upset about Mika not being named captain either. And I, I think you know it's voted by the players, so obviously Kreider and Mika are okay with it. Uh, they wanted this to happen, um, so. I'm fine with it. Uh, you know, congratulations, Jacob Truba. You know, being a captain of New York Rangers is pretty, uh, pretty awesome. So, one thing I was thinking of when I was in high school, uh, I played baseball. I swam. I played football. Uh, during my baseball season, as we were gearing up and doing tryouts and all that stuff, we had a kid uh, that was doing the captain thing. You know, you talk about like, oh, he greeted everybody as he came back in. He was doing those things. You know, he was, he was. You know, we got one kid left out there doing laps. We got one kid out there running running poles or whatever the, the hell he's doing. And he'd go out there and run with him. And he, he'd be, you know, hitting ground balls. I knew the kid. I knew him already. It, he, it, I know this guy. <laughs> so I know um, a phony when I see a phony. And I knew that kid wasn't that way. I knew that guy wasn't. He wasn't one of those guys that's going to lay it on the line for the team. He was just trying to impress the coach because he wanted to be named a captain. That's it. It was a temporary situation. And as the season went on, I remember we had a game and we're losing badly to a team that should not be beating us. Talent-wise, they're just not better than we are. And I remember the coach throwing down a sign, some kid not knowing it. And and TJ – if the coach gives you a sign and you don't know the signs, what happens? You stand there like a deer in the headlights. No, I mean after the after the at bat. When oh, you don't do what he, 
after you get back, you go run it down with them. Like, yo, dude, you, did you miss the sign? You do not know the signs. And you just, you know, if, essentially if they, if they don't know the signs, what do you do? If it's, if it's like you play 20 games a year, it's the 18th game of the season. The kid, the kid plays every game, doesn't know the signs. Oh, you're getting reamed. You're, you're sitting down, right? You're not playing. Yeah, you're getting reamed. That's it. I'll put a kid in that, that knows the signs, like yeah. care enough to know the signs. So the coach starts taking out the kids that aren't putting in the effort, they're not doing the work. And the kid that he made captain because he was hustling during spring training and he was putting on this big show, they have a little team meeting after the game and they're like, he doesn't believe in us. Blah, blah, blah. And he basically tried to turn the whole team against the coach. And I'm just like sitting there as a senior, like, dude, you're an idiot. You didn't know the signs. Right. Like the coach told you to lay one down and you looked at him like, huh? And this isn't like the first week of the season. Why is this he is touching like- his belt buckle? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so maybe maybe people see it that way. Like a lot of the things that we see with Kreider, and I'm not trying to take anything away from the guy, but a lot of the things that we see with Kreider usually involves a bottom job. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. Like I you said, know, we, so, we don't know what goes on in the locker room, dude. We don't know. We don't see right. those candid conversations. We don't see the in between periods kind of conversations taking place or, you know, walking up to somebody that's having a down day and, you know, slamming them on the shoulder pad and be like, yo, pick your head up. Let's go. We got it. You know what I mean? We, we don't see those guys. We don't see the guys on the bench. I, I mean, you, that's the one thing you saw from Jacob Truba is just intensity the whole way through and especially in the playoffs. I mean, if you can't hang your hat on that, I don't know what you can because he was that guy and we, we ripped into the Rangers a lot. Um, you know, during their uh, series, all three playoff series of, you know, Zabanajad didn't show up for a couple games. Panarin was a ghost. And even Kreider, with, with the yeah. tremendous season offensively that he had, he was just, you know, not there at all. And you didn't see that out of Jacob Truba. He was there the entire time, you know, giving it full-on effort. And, and you know, it, it you, you can say that you think he's a dirty player because the way he throws the body around. But especially in the NHL today, you really don't see players throwing the body around like that, at least not a player of his you know, talent, because he's not a goon. He's not somebody that's going out there. That's the only thing he can do is get in people's faces. You know what I mean? He, he's a you know, all-around great player, and he's still going out there and looking to make the big hit and making that impact play. And you, you have, if you've never played hockey, you have no idea what it's like. Even if you get the better of the hit and you knock the guy on the floor – you're still hitting somebody doing about 20 miles an hour, and he might be coming across the other way doing 15, 20 miles an hour. That's like getting into a car accident without a seatbelt, essentially. You know what I mean? It, it's, a, it's a massive impact, and to do that day in and day out takes a toll on your body, and he never stopped. Uh, dude, like that's, you know, tip the cap and say, great job, because it's, it's definitely well-deserved. I mean, we can yeah, sit here and say the Kreider situation, whatever, yada, yada, yada. There's plenty of guys on that team that could deserve a C for the way they play and the way they carry themselves, at least how we see it as fans. But Truba, the, just, I mean, being the stud that he is and the effort that you see game in and game out, I mean, it's well-deserved. Yeah, I don't think it's an indictment on Kreider's character or leadership. I think it's just if the players vote on it, Kreider and Mika are involved in that vote. Yeah. And they must do the same thing that uh, you know that Gigi and uh, and Drury saw, you know, and they so, with uh, with Trooper at that point. I do know one player that didn't vote for those guys, and and I'm going to share this. If you didn't see it, it's pretty funny. This is pretty hilarious. This is pretty funny. Congratulations, buddy. 
happy for you, but I I still thinking I'm better choice. Can you go back again? When he says Jacob, Jacob. Listen, I grew up, I grew up in Sheepshead Bay. All my Russian friends talk like that. <laughs> I still think I was better, but anyway, uh, congratulations <laughs> to Jacob Truba on yes. becoming the captain of the New York Rangers. Obviously, we're excited for New York Rangers hockey. We can't wait for uh, what uh, off season. I mean, sorry, like this uh, preseason game. So in November, uh, I'm sorry, October, okay. right? Early October. And so looking September, forward to that. Yeah. Counting it down. We got about sixty days left. Sixty days left, and we're excited Lovely. for that. So we're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to go into our next topic. And it's also Captain Themes. It's actually a new sponsor. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Uh, check it out. Support for today's episode comes from True Classic. This brand new sponsor has the absolute best fitting t-shirts a man can buy. Finding the right t-shirt with a little bit of a dad bod is incredibly frustrating. Most t-shirts are either too tight on your gut or look way too big and boxy. You're not in high school anymore and it's time to upgrade. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men finally get a better fit at an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, get 20% off with promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at trueclassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six-packs, but most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers. Fellas, you are wearing the wrong clothes. True Classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt you can always confidently throw on. True Classic doesn't just stop at tees. They are your one-stop shop for men's essentials. Super easy and simple to fill out your wardrobe. From polos and workout shirts with the same flattering fit to boxer briefs designed with a pouch to keep your bulge nice and comfortable. All their gear is top-notch quality at reasonable prices. It's about time you learn how to dress yourself properly. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic and get 25% off at trueclassic.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Free shipping included on purchases over $100 and 100% risk-free guarantee with a 30-day return policy. Stay classy with True Classic. Your dad bod will thank you. <laughs> so, first of all, that, that seems like an outstanding product. Second of all, I'm sitting here, my dad and his neighbor are sitting in front of me, and they're looking at me like, do you have any of those? Because they look really good. Like, <laughs> I'm going to fix them up. I think I'm going to use that uh, Belly of Fantasy promo code and get me some of those true classic shirts. So Absolutely. Like, they definitely fit my dad bod 
Dude, they had me at dad bod. That was it. Listen, yeah, was... it's not a dad bod. It's a father figure. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But anyway, so it brings me to my next point. We talk about captains, which made me think in my head. I know you guys haven't watched it yet, but the captain documentary is going on right now about Derek Jeter. Sixth part. The seventh part is this Thursday. So pretty good, but it's reliving, you know, the dynasty of the New York Yankees. It's reliving, you know, from obviously Jeter's entire career. So, uh, you know, mid nineties to, uh, to, you know, 2014, but, and obviously those lean years after, you know, 2003, 2004, and that horrible, horrible loss to the Red Sox. It's a blown up Rio lead, which brings it to this. Cause I've watched it and my wife, watches with me and she's like you just seem so upset right now like i'm still angry about this like 2004 2001 we watched that part of the documentary and i was like i'm like i was cursing i was like, trying to explain to her what like what happened she's like how do you blow with 3 i'm like don't fucking talk about it i just want to talk about it. so the reason why i bring this up is because take it from the do- captain documentary to you guys now is some of the worst what was two worst and some of your best moments as a Yankee fan watching that team? Uh, the highs and the lows, obviously, throughout Jeter's career and obviously to our, you know, to what we're currently dealing with the New York Yankees right now. You know, last championship was 2009. You know, they had a really good start this year and they're kind of slowing down right now. So I want to hear from you guys because I have one of my best moment, memories from being a Yankee fan during that time period. I'm sure you guys have as well. And we all know TJ's worst moment is when Paul O'Neill didn't want to sign that ball, but. I want to see if you guys have any other moments that you think or be pick a high and then pick a very low and then let me know uh, what you guys think. Uh, I, I, I know it's cliche, but I was going to say the, uh, the Aaron Boone home run, I mean, is just hype central. I mean, I, I don't think it gets bigger than that as yeah. far as being able to sit there and watch that. And, and just like, that was absolutely nuts. But um Looking back now as a Yankee fan and seeing what we're dealing with and what we've gone through, it, it's just amazing how much of a freaking stud Mariano Rivera was and, like, just a 99% of the time guy that, you you know, it's over and that you, you hear enter Sandman and it's like, dude, just put the W on the board. Start singing New York, New York, and let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. – I miss that. I miss that so much. Knowing that every single game, it's like, oh, Mosin. All right, we won. <laughs> so about your low? Uh, the Polonia uh, ball. Like, no, no, no. It, it could be uh, personal. It could be just a watching the game and a game. No, I mean, obviously, the only personal. low that you can sit there and really say is obviously the the blow in the three zero lead. That was just like, ugh, this gag reflex inducing this fucking want to throw my tv out the window are you shitting me right now kind of deal but can't complain as a yankee fan got to see plenty of championships yeah it's true nick what about so, you so my high is probably bernie williams catching the final out of the 2000 world series uh only i got mets fans in my family and i'll never hear the end of it if they ever beat us in the world series shit the mets ever win a world series in my life i will never hear the end of it so i wish nothing but bad things upon the mets every single day i just never want to hear about it you know it's it's just one of those things um so bernie williams who's my favorite player uh at least my generation um catching that final out taking the knee just blessing himself and then standing up and being like yeah that 
that was the highest of high. You know, my favorite player catches the final out of the World Series. We beat the Mets. I got bragging rights. Oh, it, was, it was awesome. And, and and I think that's apropos, especially this year with the Mets on the pace that they're on, actually doing better than the Yankees right now because the Yankees lost today. Yeah. Um, but uh, that that was definitely the highest high for me right there because I was I, I got to be honest, game two I was nervous. Game oh, game yeah. two I was very nervous. That was a good Mets team. It really was. Yeah, I mean, were. not good enough, but you know. I mean, high yeah. highest high with dealing with the Mets is watching Steele drop the fucking ball. That was great. I was in a Mets. <laughs> Notorious Mets bar on uh, Staten Island uh, eating some Lee's Tavern pizza and surrounded by Met fans. And when he dropped that ball and the Yankees won, the, just the silence that just fell over the bar of disbelief and me standing up going, yeah, that's right. Fuck yous. <laughs> Nobody even stared at me. Nobody even looked. Nobody even wanted to like take on a drunken brawl at that point. They were just like, ugh. I gotta go home and take a shower, like the crying game. Just sit there and wash myself. <laughs> I remember that amazing. game because I I had my friends over for this is like back in like college years, and they were we were playing beer pong, and that that play happened. I just started screaming, "Drop the ball! Drop the ball!" Before he even like it actually happened, and then it happened. Everyone was like, "Holy shit! It happened!" And then Tech scored from what second or first? Like he just yeah, like first. Yeah, he's first. first. That was yeah that 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 was a fun one. But I mean, that's not the highest of the highs. But that was hilarious. That was, was hilarious. hilarious. Great. Uh, my lowest of lows was uh, was 2001, losing to the Diamondbacks in the World Series. Uh, and a lot of people go, well, what about 03? What about down 03? Uh, you know, up you know, 3 0 and, and losing to the Red Sox. Um, I don't like losing to the Red Sox. But if you go ahead and ask me how many friends I have that are Red Sox fans, zero. I, 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 it's so not I, allowed. It, so, like, I don't have to hear it. I don't like it, but like, who's going to talk smack to me? We're thinking again. Let's bear in mind we're talking about twenty, almost twenty years ago. There was no Twitter, like, so like the only people you knew on MySpace were your friends, and they weren't going to smack talk you on MySpace. They're your friends, you know. Right. So like, you had a couple of Mets fans that were sitting there, like, "Oh, you blew a three zero lead." Like, okay, you weren't even in the playoffs this year, guy. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? So again, that that wasn't that wasn't it was bad. Don't get me wrong, but. 9-11 was such an impact on all of our lives. We needed something to feel good about as a city, you know, just to just like distract us from all the pain and suffering and, and all that. And, and I think the Yankees being in the playoffs and getting that far and a lot of comeback wins and Mr. November and all that stuff, I feel like that was a, a reprieve from all the pain uh, that we were all going through. And when they lost, I was just like deflated. I was kind of looking forward to just being happy. For a little bit, um, and then they lost, and I was like, "So not only did they just lose, but we have to go back to reality of this terrible tragedy and dealing with this stuff." Like my dad, who's sitting, I don't know, fifteen feet from me right now, he was going down to the ground zero every day with the army, like picking rubble and, and people, body parts and stuff like that. That sucked, man. It would have been nice to just have something to be happy about. Yeah. But uh, and then and then uh, one last high, like my little my B side high was a Rod hitting a, a home run and breaking that camera in Philly because I was actually in Philly when that happened. I was at a party. <laughs> I was right. at a party at um at Temple University. I was at like a Halloween party, and they're losing, and I'm sitting there like just like the only Yankee fan in the room, just like being real quiet. And he broke that camera, and like TJ said, I was like, Yeah, suck it. What now? Everybody's quiet now, huh? Everybody's quiet now. 
Yeah, that, 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 that game against the Phillies was on Halloween. I remember being at a Halloween party as well. Yeah. And I looked at me and the Yankees were losing, and he was like, trust me as a Mets fan, it's tough to win in Philadelphia. And I was like, just wait, <laughs> watch, just watch. I think it was the game Andy Pettit hit the RBI single, like tie the game, whatever it was. Yeah. And I was like, our pitcher just hit off them in Philly. How hard could be a fucking win here? <laughs> Dude, t- touching on Mets fans, I, I got to like, and I don't want to come off like a Met hater. I know I do. And it's easy to come off like a Met hater. I don't hate on the Mets. I hate on the arrogant Met fans because people like to rag on Yankee fans being arrogant. But you know what? You got the championships to back up the smack talk. And you're allowed to smack talk when you're always in the mix, especially in the playoffs. And for a Met fan to just the Twitter nonsense going on, you know, when they won the series against Atlanta, it's like you're talking shit to the reigning World Series champions. And no one, none of your friends have seen a fucking Mets World Series. It happened in 86. And especially the younger Twitter people just running their mouth. It's like, you've never seen anything other than loss. So shut up. It it reminds me of last year when the Yankees, they lost the Red Sox in the wild card game. And some Mets fan was on Twitter and he was like, congratulations on playing one extra game in the Mets. And I wrote back, I was like, congratulations on being in first place. The entire year of breaking the record for having the most games in first place and then missing the playoffs. Like you cannot talk shit at this moment. Like we made the wild card game. I know it's a one game playoff, but we at least made that. And we yeah. were in first place for you know what was it three three quarters of the year. Do something. You you can talk shit as much as you want. If you do something, yeah, if you your team has something. done nothing for 36 years, it's a joke. Like, seriously. Yeah, I'm it's not a bad hater though. I think this season they've it's different for them. I think they have a much better squad. I think Stevie Cohen, you know, that that's all well and good. But Scherzer. until until they get to the World Series, they they have no leg to stand on because they're choke artists, career choke artists. My yeah, entire right. lifetime is it's been watching the Mets choke year after year or just be absolute shit year after year. So I I, I just don't understand that arrogance. I don't understand that matter of fact f you attitude. It's like, for what? I, I don't get it. For what? I'm just, try- I'm just trying to be nice to our new followers on, on TikTok. That's fine, dude. I, again, I don't, I don't hate on the Mets like that. I, it's just don't be a dick fan running your mouth because your team's doing well right now. Because there's plenty of time for you to fuck it up. And yeah. if you guys have done anything historically, it's fucked things up, especially in well, a good position. Well, T, T, bear in mind that a lot of the people on Twitter. They they are twenty years old. In their minds, the Mets were in the World Series just six years ago. And the Yankees haven't been in the World Series since they were like nine years old. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like in their minds, we're on equal footing. Yeah, it's true. So, it, it's it, Twitter, it's man. Not, take it with yeah, you take it with a grain of salt because some of these kids are younger. Probably feel like, well, we've been in the World Series two thousand fifteen. You guys haven't been there since two thousand nine in my lifetime. And then for us, it's like, well, we've won fucking what five championships in our lifetime. Five. So, like. It's different. You got to take it with a grain of salt, depending on what the age of the person. Yeah, I yeah. I, no, I get it, but it's still. It's just. I can uh, still I mean, make older. The, I can still make older Mets fans cry, dude. And I don't know if you guys saw it. Uh, there was. Uh, it was all over TikTok, uh, and Twitter. The uh, the fan that uh, the uh, Atlanta fan. I'm not sure what happened. He might have thrown the first punch, but all you see is just two Mets fans beating the shit out of him, like pretty much punching him in the face oh, while the man. guy did two rows yeah. down, while the guy in the between row. Is trying to hold the Atlanta fan back, 
and they're just throwing haymakers at this kid. And then you find out a whole bunch of people were like, by the way, the Atlanta fan got thrown out. The Mets fans are still sitting here. It's like, dude, it's a baseball game. I don't know who started Disneyland the all over I again. Yeah, I, I, I don't know who started the fight. I'm not saying, you know, who's right or who's wrong. But imagine getting into a fist fight at a baseball game. Like, seriously? Uh, I'm fairly certain. I, I've seen somebody on this podcast threaten an umpire. At a baseball game. So, like, I can totally imagine getting into a fist fight at a baseball game. Not not viewing a baseball game. And you didn't I threat- say that. You, I threatened the umpire in jest. I, I, I wasn't going to attack the umpire. He threw me out of the game, and I was told by somebody else on the team to go get my money's worth because I was already out of the game. So, with a smile on my face, said, I'll see you in the parking lot. As, as, as a clear Allegedly, movie reference. A clear movie reference joke, and that guy lost his mind and was freaking out while what, I just stood there laughing. What movie is that? Uh, what's it called? Happy Gilmore. When did he say, I'll see you in the parking lot? The, the big dude. Oh, the big dude. I'll see you. You can count, you can count on me in the parking lot. Oh, I thought you were talking about happy me waiting for you in the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, happy to say that. It was a total throwaway goof because the guy was still yelling at me after I was walking off the field, and I just said it as a joke laughing with everybody else in the dugout laughing, and he went absolutely buck wild on that, freaking out, losing his mind. I was like, is this guy serious right now? <laughs> like, clearly, it's, I'm just making a dig at you, dude. Like, everybody's smiling. I'm walking off the field. Like laughing, I don't recall any of these smiles or laughs. Yeah, I, I was hysterical I like laughing. That, I feel like it didn't happen. But anyway, back to my my. Don't you fucking question me, you prick. My <laughs> highs and lows of being a Yankee fan. Um, Horseshit, I, lawyer, bullshit, jargon. Don't give me that crap. I'm gonna be allegedly me. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Nick here on the low of 2001. That's, I think yeah, because in 911, I think that one stings more than the the three zero blow. Like it does suck to be like the only team in like. MLB Ever? history to blow. <laughs> yeah. We're so, also the only team that win 28 championships, 27 championships. Yeah. So it's like, so I, 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 it it's not stuck, that I disagree I, with you guys, but I, like during 9-11, I was just numb to everything. I really didn't give a flying F about baseball. I like it, the championship wouldn't matter to me at that point because it was just absolute chaos. And it was just like, okay, baseball is playing right now. And they're still trying to find bodies of family members that obviously know they're parent has died or grandparent or aunt or uncle it's i i just didn't give a shit about baseball i have a different mentality i guess yeah i mean i think i think it was just that's just for the city i thought it would be a nice thing to have a victory but it's weird because it, despite being the low at the end of it one of the highest moments i ever had as yankee fan was i was in game four 2001 world series uh first time world series games ever played on on halloween and also into november um TJ got removed. I don't know happened to him, but no, he's, uh, he's was, in, he just took his camera off. Oh, uh, it was the missed November game uh, for Derek Jeter, the walk off. But Tino Martinez hit the two run home run in the bottom of the ninth of Young Young Kim, and then Jeter hit the walk off. And that, I mean, the old stadium. There's nothing like the old stadium. There was nothing like the old stadium in the playoffs, and uh, being there for that moment, even though they did eventually lose that World Series, that was like the highest of highs as a kid. My dad, you know, getting us those tickets. Um, to go to that game, uh, it was probably, still one of the memories of my lifetime that I always remember. Um, and it's always that like good moment, like you know, even just in life, you know, father son, 
brother to the brother. I had my older cousin came with us. So um, it's just one of those moments. I think that's the highest of highs as a Yankee fan. And I would, if I was to do a highest of high part B or, you know, as Nick was saying, like a side of that would be, I saw uh, the Derek Jeter's 3000 hit. And that was probably like one of the most historical things I've ever seen on a baseball field live. Like I, I, 3,000 hit the most, you know, as a Yankee. I know you guys don't really like that because you guys don't really like Derek Jeter as much, but I think just to see that history of 3,000 being hit um, was still pretty uh, highest to highest for me as a Yankee fan. Uh, it's not that we die. I don't, I don't not like Derek Jeter. I think Derek Jeter's attitude towards the game of baseball is not – what you want to see as a baseball fan in general, not just a Yankee fan, but a baseball fan in general. Like he treated it like a business, just like, ah, this is what I do. And that's it. Like, whereas, and I know everybody hates A-Rod and all the steroid nonsense, but like A-Rod loved the game of baseball. Like it was infectious. He talked to you about the game of baseball. You hear countless people like fans just having interactions with A-Rod and, and BSing with him about baseball. Uh, I forget who it was, but, Somebody said that uh, when they went down to visit A-Rod, somebody in the media went down to visit A-Rod in his house in Miami. They said they walked into his living room and he was just sitting on the couch and he has like six or seven different TVs with just different baseball games on. And he's just watching baseball after he retired. Like he's done with the game of baseball and he's so in love with the game. And I feel like that's how I would be if I got like that honor of being able to play baseball professionally, being able to make a career and, and make a living out of, playing a sport that I love so much. So it's just, I, I dislike I, I, Derek Jeter's kind of nonchalant attitude. I mean, not really showing, at least from my perspective, the reverence, uh, reverence rather, that the uh, the game deserves because, I mean, you're getting paid millions upon millions of dollars to play a kid's game. Smile a little bit. Well, I, know, disagree. I, just, I disagree with that. I don't think he didn't have a love for baseball. I mean, I think when it came to the media, he just didn't. And if you watch the documentary, you'll see he just wasn't – he didn't want to deal with the media, but he wanted to deal with them. Obviously, he has to. They're in New York. But he didn't want to give them enough to to maybe use it against him. Like, he his his mentality was just to win. And that was like, I want to play the game of baseball. I don't really care too much about the media. You know, if he had a breakdown with somebody, he was very uh, – you know, according to the documentary, he was in himself. I'm very quick to, to, to have someone lose the trust in them. Like if you betray me once, then you're done with me. I, I it wasn't him being a dick. I know like he was always had that issue with A Rod, but it was like he felt that A Rod betrayed him at one point, and it's like that's it. My trust for him is gone. And I don't, I don't think it was Jeter not liking the sport of baseball. I think he just wanted to play baseball and do it without having the media constantly in his face. So he just gave him those constant boring, vanilla, bland answers because that's how he's like, "Well, you want an answer? I gave it to you." And I, I, don't I, think, I don't think that I don't think that translates to him hating baseball, not giving it. It does though. It does. You'll never see you'll never see Derek Jeter in old timers day. Not that there might not even be an old timers game because I mean, look at the garbage that they put forth this year. But it's like you know, A Rod jumped right into the booth and wanted to talk about baseball. You know, you you've, Jeter uh, owned the team though. It's like the same thing. Jeter owned a team in the front office. Yeah, but you're still in love with baseball. You're still watching baseball. You're still so I don't think of baseball decisions. I never thought that Derek Jeter didn't like baseball. He, I don't feel that he was ever appreciative of the fact of what he was doing. I feel that he felt that he was entitled to play baseball. I'm so damn good, you should be thankful you get to watch me play. So, because me personally, you know the old saying, uh, Joe DiMaggio said, "I thank God for making me a Yankee." 
I don't think Derek Jeter ever felt that way. I think they, Derek Jeter felt that the Yankees should be thanking God for making him an Yankee. I don't feel that way either. Because if because he never, I'll give you an example. Agree, but I don't think he the day that way. the day they retired his number. Okay, they created these blue jackets for the guys that have their numbers retired. How many guys have their numbers retired still alive? Like seven, six, something like that. At the time, it was probably about six. Not. I don't think so, dude. I'm pretty sure only like six dudes are still alive when they retired his number. No, only because they keep retiring fucking numbers. That's why I said. No, that. I'm just saying right now, currently, when they made that jacket, only six guys are can wear that jacket. Everybody else is dead. Yeah, I know. I know. I got you. They're not going to dig up Babe Ruth's body and put the jacket on. Put the jacket. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. All right. But but they, they created this jacket specifically for Derek Jeter. He never even put it on. Oh, wait. Actually, no, the jacket's not for retired members. It's for anyone who has a Monument Park. Okay. Either way, he never even put it on. He never put it on. Like, uh, how, how, how is that possible? But it, does the jacket really offend you? Yeah, what say you, Carl, Rook? Carl, Carl, Nick. Carl's, Carl's Beltran came with that a fucking idea, and he's not a monument. That, that's fine. It doesn't matter who came up with the idea. The Yankees created it for the day that this man got honored, and he didn't even do them the courtesy of putting it on. It would be like them retiring his number and him not showing up to the ceremony. Be like, yeah, whatever. Dude, that's like somebody winning the green jacket at Augusta and be like, I, I don't like green. <laughs> that actually would be pretty fucking funny. No, but I mean, listen, I, I agree to disagree on this point. I mean, we're not gonna, I'm not going to spend you know so much time arguing about this, but I, I don't think he has that. I get what you're saying with the jacket, but I don't think he has this like nonchalant, blase attitude towards the Yankees or baseball. I just think that's just that's who he is as a person. It's just what he does. It's just. He kind of everything like 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 when he's nailing I, chicks and he gives them a gift basket and sends them on their way. He says yeah, never geez, asshole does yeah. not matter. He says never happened. Yeah, okay. bullshit. My, it uh, never happened. I got an issue. My brother drove him when he used to uh, drive limos. The gift baskets were in the car. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome though. Uh, mean, and also, and also, one of those girls came. One of those girls came out the night after, and he's sitting on the couch watching himself on TV naked, going, "Yeah, jeets, yeah, yeah, jeets, yeah, jeets." No jeets, no. Well, agree to disagree. If you guys watch the documentary, it's very good. I think it shows behind the scenes at why he's the way he was. I would. Does it? Does it explain why he fired a guy who's dying of cancer and needed a kidney? No, they didn't. They didn't go. They didn't go. They didn't talk about that. Part? Okay, yeah, that's why I'm well, not watching. That was, that was the Marlins, right? The Marlins. Does it make a difference? Does it make a difference? No, because they didn't get to that yet. They didn't get to his I'm, Marlins. I, I, I'm just. Do, I'm just do saying. they mention how he didn't show up to Bob Shepard's funeral? No, they didn't. <laughs> oh, okay. Did Did they mention about how he only invited like two people to his wedding? I got. I doubt there's more people than that. that were uh, he invited Pettit and and and, and uh, Posada. That was it. All right, whatever. Sometimes he's douchey, but I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't think, but all right, fine. He is a douche sometimes, but to say he didn't love the game of baseball, he was. Oh, I never said that. I never said that. No, I'm saying for TJ, that was like, no, he, dude, but he doesn't, he doesn't love the game of baseball like a lot of other people love the game of baseball. A Rod just wants to fucking like him and he just would do whatever he can. Hold on. To be fair, the whole reason that Derek Jeter is more vocal on Twitter right now. It's because he wants more people to like him. The same reason Tom Brady is is vocal on Twitter right now. Well, he wanted more people to watch the documentary. That's the reason why he. Oh, that. Well, he also wants wants more people to like him. The documentary that when he got on Twitter. (laughs) Only Yankee fans like Derek Jeter. That's true. Just like just like only Patriots fans like Tom Brady. That's true. Everybody else hated Tom Brady, and if you ever notice, neither one of them, nobody really had anything nice to say about them as people. They're just like they're great players. 
but nobody was ever like, oh, great guy, give me the shirt off his back. Great guy, gave me 10 grand when I was really struggling to pay child support. Like, neither one of those guys ever did that until like the end of their career, like now when they're in their 40s. To be fair, if you were struggling to pay child support, I wouldn't give you 10 grand either. <laughs> if we were best friends, like, why not? Nah, I'm just joking. What if I was uh, pulling Antonio Cromartie and had 11 kids, bro? Help a brother out. Damn. Yeah, no, that's that's fucked up. I probably yeah, I would help you out. Um, After kid number four, I'd be dragging you down in the clinic and be like, give him the old snip snip, doc. It's for his own good. <laughs> if you're lucky, you'd go to a regular doctor and not a vet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't got that kind of money. <laughs> All right, so... We got my old man laughing. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and we get back with a little uh, New York football. <clears throat> lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fellas, the fantasy football draft season is right around the corner. CD Lamb is good, but have you seen these beautiful balls? It's time to get your snake looking right for this snake draft with sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have created a championship lineup with the Performance Package 4.0. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Tom Brady didn't come out of retirement for you to have hairy balls. So slot it at the quarterback and get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. It's time to put the PP back in a PPR league. <laughs> that, was good, that was a good fucking ad read. I feel like football season that's going on. I feel like that Tom Brady quote just inspired Nick not to manscape. <laughs> oh yeah, Tom Brady doesn't like balls hairy. I'm gonna grow that shit out big and long like a ZZ top beard. <laughs> I guess they put the PP back in PPR. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was a good that was a good ad. That was I like that. Uh, all right, so NFL training camp. What's that uh, feedback? Is someone whistling? Nick? I have no idea. No, nobody's whistling here. I think that's Nick. I think it's, I think it's well, you are, Nick. It might just be that the, the, the TV might be too loud because they're watching us on TV. Oh, that's where you hear us back. Yeah. Can you tell them to lower it? <laughs> they're, they're lowering it now. Okay. <laughs> Could you guys please lower that if you're watching it? <laughs> How often does the TV actually tell you to lower while watching them? It's weird. See, that's like I think, I think it's gone now. You have, uh, yeah, do you have any like uh, cues for your your dad watching you right now? Like uh, Mary Tyler Moore, you can pull on your ear, or, like wiggle your nose or anything. I'm like sitting that? here. I'm doing the Ross. 
Uh, well, NFL training kind of big news today. Your boy uh, Makai Becton done for the year, the entire season. That sucks, man. And I, I, I'm not going to say it sucks. Like, as it does suck as a fan, as a Jet fan. Uh, I honestly, we're in like a conundrum. I was talking to my dad about this earlier. We're in a conundrum as fan bases, as fans of sports and sports teams, and that conundrum is. There are fans that actively root against players, especially in football, because at one point they made a statement on social media where they said that player wasn't good, and they are going to die on that hill. And they and they root they actively root against him because they want to be right. So it's more important to be right on social media than it is for your team to win. So, like, I'll give an example. There was a lot of. Um, Sam Donald lovers, a lot of Sam stands, right? And those Sam stands were like, I hate Zach Wilson. He's a bust. He's a bust. Sam Donald's been gone. This is two years now. He's gone. And they're still sitting here like, Zach Wilson sucks. We should have kept Sam. And and I'm just kind of sitting there going like, dude, like, so you just don't want to win, do you? Like, I'm not sitting here saying, like, absolve the kid of any sins that he made make along the way. But I am saying, like, let the kid play out. Like, let him, let's find out what he's bringing to the table. Don't just sit there and be like, oh, he's trash and I hate him simply because you like the other guy better. Like, that doesn't make anything better for anybody. And, and they did that with Makai Becton. A lot of guys are like, oh, he's a bust. He's a bust. And Robert Sala did a whole press conference where he was just like, if you're a fan, reach out to him on social media. He goes, I think people are dehumanizing these guys. They don't see them as human beings. And on social media, and they're abusing them on social media. Those are their feelings. They're feelings. They're human beings. They have families to feed and jobs to do. Um, if you're a fan and you want to support Makai, reach out on social media. If you don't support Makai, move along. And the Jets posted that that clip of of Robert Sala saying that, and there's still fans going, "Well, he's a bust." And I'm like, "Did you not even watch the video? <laughs> like the guy got hurt. Like look, for those that I mean, we're not. I'm not medical or anything." Um, but if you didn't look up what he got injured with, he had an avuncular uh, break in his patella, his kneecap. An av- I looked it up. An avuncular break is basically he cracked his kneecap, and then the patella tendon ripped that piece of bone away from the rest of his kneecap. Like th- I've dislocated my kneecap. I've dislocated my kneecap multiple times. Um, it hurts. It hurts a lot. And he dislocated his kneecap last season. And this year he broke his. He fractured his kneecap. It sucks, man. I feel bad for him. The kid came in looking good. He has a right attitude. He's staying late after practice to work with Lakin Tomlinson. He's staying late after practice to sign autographs for every single fan. Not like usually like the players will stay and they'll sign for kids. Oh no. Not Makai Becton. Makai Becton's signing for everyone. Every single person that was there until there were no more people. Like that's somebody that gets it. That's somebody that's like, yo, like TJ, when was the last time somebody asked you for your autograph? Uh, only when I have to sign the check, you know, the bill at the end when I get my credit card back. That's it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I had to sign a document for work. <laughs> my, my dad said your wife, if she ever wants alimony payment. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Dad, you have to sign that in blood. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, Makai Becton gets it, you know, whether you're an adult or you're a child and you're asking this man for his autograph, he's like, how much, how much longer am I going to get this treatment? 
As long as you're not you elbowing know? a child out of the way to get his autograph. Yeah, say, yeah, you know. So <laughs> I feel I feel awful for Mackay Becton. He put in a lot of work in the offseason. Yeah, I do. I do feel bad for him. That's and and you know it hurts the team, but I think the team's gonna the team you know they, they, they figure it out at some point. As as Coach Westoff would say, they figure it out. Figure it out. Yep. So I'm not I'm not overly concerned for the Jets. I, it's a it's a it's a bummer. Definitely a bummer. I'm more upset about Makai because I have been watching him in the offseason. I have seen the work that he's put in, and I have seen the stupid comments from knucklehead fans. I'm going to put air quotes around them because they're not real fans because they root against. They actively root against him again because they were like, "I knew we should have picked Tristan Wirfs." I'm like, "Oh, you know the future, then? Okay, tell me what the lotto numbers are, so you know everything." Because you, yeah. you clearly saw this coming two years ago. Like it's it's so ridiculous. Like either root for the guy or shut up. Don't say anything. Or go find another team to root for. Like yeah. sitting there rooting against your own guy, it's like, come on now. I'm sure like you're not the biggest Daniel Jones fan, but if, if no. you're not going to sit here and hope that he plays badly, no, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make any prediction that he was going to be benched for Tyron Taylor on a podcast anytime recently. <laughs> oh, but assuming, assuming no, that he does bad, I, I don't and want hoping that he does bad. There's two different things. Yeah. Listen, I mean, Mekhi Becton, I thought he he made improvements. What everyone was giving him a hard time about him gaining weight. Wait, when I started today in the news, I started he was out for the season. Listen, I'm a Giants fan. I'm not a Jets fan. And I, even I was like, damn, that fucking sucks. Because he was like out to like prove everybody wrong this year. Where he changed his name, his uh, Twitter handle was Big Ticket. He changed the Big Bust because everyone was calling Bust. Now it's back to Big Ticket. But he was putting that. It was like bulletin board material for him to be like, I'm going to get better this year. I'm going to be better. I'm going to prove these people wrong, people who are so-called, as you said, fans. And now he gets hurt. He doesn't get a chance to do that. And that sucks. And, you know, what? I don't know what his future may be. That You know, NFL is a business. When, you know, times, to, you know, to cut a guy, you cut a guy. If he's injured like that, you can't cut him without maybe a minimal salary cap hit. And then maybe he gets, he gets a job somewhere else. Maybe he does really well somewhere else. And, you know, good for him if he does. Because then he just proves everybody else wrong who gave him a hard time here in New York. Um, but, AJ, it just sucks when I saw that news. Like I said, I'm not a Jeff fan, but seeing that like a young kid like that who's going through a little hardship and trying to work, get hard, uh, you know, get better, uh, you know, and that that just sucks. It's a terrible thing. Yeah, I think, I think uh, what what Coach Sala said really hit the nail on the head. You know, like yeah, his his journey is not over. You know, it's just an injury, and whether it's with the Jets or with somebody else, honestly, I do hope it's with the Jets. I do he I do hope he gets to redeem himself. With the Jets, I hope that I really do hope that at some point we're sitting there at a Hall of Fame speech going, "It was a rough first three years, wasn't it?" <laughs> you know, yeah. like because you know what? Look at look at they're talking about bringing in. Um, they're talking about bringing in uh, his name escapes me right now. I don't know why I've been looking at it. For, oh, Dwayne Brown mm-hmm. as a replacement. Dwayne Brown's thirty-seven. He's, much older. So he's, he's been in the league for a minute. Makai's got time. Yeah. Makai's got time, you know. It's, it's not like oh, oh, you're 24, it's over. Yeah, it's forward. It's not like running backs. Running backs too, like their shelf life is, you know, it's about 10 years. They're they're good and they're they're gone. Or they're, if they're lucky, if they're lucky, yeah. it's 10 years. If they're lucky, it's 10 years. I mean, it's six. And you would think offensive linemen, you know, very physical position. You would think those guys don't last as long. But there's been some old guys that play offensive linemen at a high level. Late into their career, uh, who was the guy who was just uh, retired from the Rams? He was uh, Andrew Wentworth. Wentworth. He yeah. was very good. I think he was. Josh, almost, 
Was it John Runyon? Oh, John Runyon was John in the league Runyon. for a long time too. Yeah, and I mean, and he just retired after winning a Super Bowl because it's like I finally got here. I'm done. Yeah. I'm not chasing this dream anymore. And uh, he was in his forties, and it was it was a cool scene after. I think there was a behind the scenes type of thing. You know, he was mic'd up when they won the Super Bowl. And he sat his kids down, and he was like, "This is it, guys. This is Daddy's gonna be home for." And it was, you know, it's a cool moment when that happens. You know, you win a Super Bowl and you're able to tell your kids I'm gonna retire, spend some time with you guys, and you know, hit the top of my pinnacle of my career. Uh, and he did it for a very long time. And you know, for offensive linemen, I don't think it's the end for Makai Becton. I hope that he gets either a shot here at the Jets or a shot, you know, somewhere else. Uh, and he makes something of his career. I think it's just a setback. Uh, but setback is never as great as a comeback, as the situation yeah. always says. <laughs> yeah. I uh, uh, I am looking other- to see the Jets in, in, add maybe Dwayne Brown or Bobby yeah. Massey or, or somebody to that offensive line, at least to create some competition for some of the younger guys that they got in the room. And yeah. I would love to see uh, one of these guys like Max Mitchell come out and, on top and, and become, you know, the, the replacement. You know, that's what they drafted him for as a backup. Yeah. Solid. I don't think he was planning on playing no. this season as a fifth or sixth round pick. I can't remember what, what, dra- what round he was drafting. Yeah. But, yeah. but uh, I would like to see them pick up like a Bobby Massey or, or a Dwayne Brown and, and figure that part out. Yeah, I mean, they'll figure it out. I think Joe, uh, Joe Douglas is a pretty good GM. He'll bring somebody in or they'll figure it out, you know, between who they have in the building already and make sure that yeah. the Jets are prepared for going moving forward. But uh, besides that, uh, the Jets training camp, uh, Nick, how do you feel about uh, Garrett Wilson? Do you think – and so far they're saying in training camp he's been you know, pretty legit. I think it's going to transfer, you know, as his rookie year headed into uh, this actual season? I mean, right now he's with the twos, which I like. Mm-hmm. Right now, right now our starting three are uh, Braxton Berrios, uh, Elijah Moore, and Corey Davis, and I like that. I like that. Make the young kid earn it. Make him show you why he's the bee's knees and the cat's meow. Um, and I think that Garrett Wilson has actually shown a lot of promise. Um, I'm really more. We uh, we lost Nick here as he's in the middle of his moment talking about uh, Garrett Wilson and the New York Jets, and as he tried to figure out this uh, technical difficulty, TJ disappeared. But TJ, uh, I know you don't really follow training camp for the NFL, right? No, nah, I'm not into it as much. Uh, football is behind uh, hockey and baseball for me, so yeah. So you don't know you're. But I'm not. I'm not big Jeff into so Jeff Ben, you have any type of uh? Any type of, expectations going into this year yeah absolutely i want to see uh zach wilson get better and develop i mean he had the perfect opportunity to learn by playing and kind of the expectations were down so it was just let's see what you get out of uh zach wilson so uh, i'm excited for that uh i'm happy that uh barrios was back uh in the offseason you know they they picked him back up and his explosiveness is you know something that i think for last year was the highlight uh, of the season, uh, the plays that he was involved in. So uh, I'm looking forward to this year. A lot of people are still shitting on the Jets. Um, I what, What's their over-under at? Uh, six wins? I didn't look it up. This season. I'll look it up. Give me a minute. I, think I know he, Nick's back. Nick's back, so if you want to go back to Nick's point, but I'll look it up. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I, I think the uh, my expectations are better than that. I think the Jets can pull off seven or eight wins this year. 
I think they have the opportunity to uh, surprise a lot of people. So I'm looking forward to this year. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, like I said, the development of Zach Wilson. I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of Twitter haters be wrong on those accounts. Um, I, I don't understand the Sam Donald obsession because he was not a good quarterback for us. And you could blame, you know, every tangible little thing, this, that, the offense, the play, calling, whatever you want to blame. It's he, he wasn't the answer. And the uh, Zach Wilson haters, the people that want him to, kind of fail because they'd rather have, you know, uh, Sam Donald. It's kind of laughable, but I'm looking forward to the season. So I, I honestly think that I'm, everybody that's, you know, hating on the Jets are going to be pleasantly surprised. They're going to be a lot better team. Yeah, and before we go to you, back to you, Nick, uh, TJ, your your point was the regular season wins. So on DraftKings, the Jets are actually worse than the Giants. They're getting uh, – the over-under is five and a half. The okay. Giants, well, are, Giants are at seven. Yeah, I would, I'll, I'll I would 100% the over on the Jets. bet the over the Jets. The Jets over, though, is, is minus 175, which is uh, bigger odds, obviously. But then the right. Giants over uh, is plus 105. So I, I would obviously take the under on the Giants. I don't think they won in seven games. but yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. But, Nick, go to uh, back to your point about uh, you're talking about the wide receiver core and uh, how they're treating Garrett, Garrett Wilson right now as a two as opposed to putting him with the uh, number ones. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good thing. Um, the NFL, the way it's built now, it's like, oh, you were drafted in the first round? You have to start and be a pro bowler within your first three years or we're getting rid of you. And if you look at historically in the NFL, there are some guys that take two or three years to figure it all out and then, like, make that big move. I mean, Brett Favre was on the, uh, the Atlanta Falcons when he first started his career. Yeah. Uh, Steve Young sat the bench behind Joe Montana. Kurt Warner got cut from the Packers, mm-hmm. and then and then went and then was the backup to to uh, to Trent Green. Eli Manning sat behind uh, Kurt Warner. Behind Kurt Warner. I mean, and I, I think rightfully so, and and I think he would still sit behind Kurt Warner right now because Eli Manning wasn't good. But you know, uh, it was You're nuts. Out of your mind. I'm not nuts. Um, Kurt Warner's in the Hall of Fame, and he actually went to the Super Bowl after playing with the Giants. The Giants just sucked when he was there. Eli the Manning Giants were actually good. a playoff team, and they benched him for Eli Manning. Yeah, and then he went to a big playoff. That was like a then, fucking tank and he, job. And then he went to another team and made the playoffs and actually took him to a Super Bowl, like their first Super Bowl. And, and the Giants had Eli Manning, who can't read. Eli Manning won two Super Bowls. So I'm yeah, by, uh, he was on a team that won two Super Bowls by accident. Um, You're nuts. I'm not nuts. Eli Manning's trash. He only ever led the league in interceptions. Led the league in turnovers. That's it. Some of those plays in the Super Bowl were. Yeah, we're lucky. He had his eyes closed. All right. He had his eyes closed. Out of your mind. I'll never forget the look. You're out of your mind. I'll never forget the look on his face in the preseason game when Jim Leonard broke his face open and he was bleeding and he's like, What's this red stuff coming out of my head? Because he doesn't understand the concept (laughs) of of blood. You know why Eli Manning's name is Eli, right? His parents knew anything more than three letters would be too complicated. Yeah, I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna say that. That kid definitely got dropped on his head as a child. <laughs> he de- they definitely like threw him in the air. His head hit the ceiling fan, and then he hit the floor. Go back to your point. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, some guys it just takes a little bit more time, and I, I'm glad that they don't have that pressure on Garrett Wilson on day one. Like, hey, you have to start tomorrow. And they're actually doing the same thing with uh, with Ahmad Gardner. Um, he's actually listed as sharing his role with Bryce Hall, who proved himself to be a very reliable cornerback last year. 
they're basically telling Ahmad Garner, like, hey, you need to to show us that you need to be a one. Like, wearing number one on your chest and giving yourself a little nickname, that doesn't make you a star in the NFL. Say, could you could you call him by his actual name, sir? No, his actual name is Ahmad, Ahmad Gardner. And C.J. Mosley is like – and, and C.J. Mosley came out and was like, yeah, Ahmad. And they, he's like, I will not call him Sauce until he actually proves it in this league that he deserves to be called Sauce. Wow. And and they asked – That's taking leadership they, right there. They, that's a cap. They asked, Gard, they asked Gardner about that, and he's like, that's how it was at Cincinnati. I don't have a problem with that. I'm going to show everybody. Yeah. And and that's and that's the right answer, though. Yeah, so, it is. I think I think and then it's same thing with Jermaine Johnson. Jermaine Johnson doesn't need to double J does not need to be the guy on his defensive line. They are they they have a plethora of options on the defensive line, and that's great. That's great. So um, you know, I think they're moving their um the rookies along in a nice pace where none of them have to be and even again, uh Brees Hall. Brees Hall doesn't need to be the guy either because he's got Michael Carter. Yeah. So there's a there's a lot of options. Where it's like, oh, you're a rookie? Cool. We're not relying on you to be the end-all, be-all. Talk about cornerback. You've got Bryce Hall this year. You've got DJ Reed. Uh, you got Michael Carter this second. They can all play. They're serviceable. You know, They don't need a, a, a Gardner to be the, the Deion uh, Sanders tomorrow. Deion Revis. He doesn't need to be Deion Revis tomorrow. It doesn't need to happen. And so, the same thing. We can go through the picks, right? You don't need – uh, Gardner to be the number one right now. You don't need Garrett Wilson to be number one right now. You don't need Jermaine Johnson to be number one right now. You don't need Brees Hall to be number one right now. And that's a good thing. They can just sit back and learn. Watch the other guy do it and learn. And that's a good thing. When you don't have to have the spotlight on you, you don't need to be the focal point of everything, it's it's a lot easier. And you could ask Leonard Williams about that. Because when he was with the Jets, they expected him to be a pro bowler on day one. And that's not easy. The same thing, and the same thing with Sam Darnold, and the same thing with Mark Sanchez. You know, when you're expected to be a Hall of Famer on your first pass or your first pass rush, that's a big expectation, and that's not it's not fair. Tall order, definitely, definitely true. Um, so we're running a little, long, uh, you know, short on time here. So do you have any other Jeff points before we get to the big story at New York Giants, uh, New York Football Giants training camp this week? Um. No, not really. I, I uh, right now the one thing I did want to say was Roquan Smith from the Bears requested a trade. Yeah, he requested a trade. He wants to get Pro Bowl linebacker re- requested a trade. Good for him. And, and, and I think both, both New York teams could use him. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I think I, I think that's a good segue. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah, Giants definitely didn't line linebacker. That's for sure. Uh, I mean, Xavier McKinney is looked really good. As a safety, granted, he is playing reps against Daniel Jones, getting a couple of picks. I mean, I saw one of the plays. It was a, it was an athletic play for for him, and I think he's going to be a good safety. But it was just a terrible decision by Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones has been very up and down in this training camp, uh, and that's not surprising to me. I listen. Uh, do I want to see Daniel Jones succeed because that means success for my football team? Of course, but I just don't think he's the guy. I've always said that. Um, I even went on a limb and said it. TSS Fantasy, they had me on for the Giants show, and uh, everyone else was yelling at me because I was like, hey, don't be surprised if you see Daniel Jones benched by six or seven games. And they're like, you're out of your mind. Daniel Jones is, you know, this is, he's got to come back here at Dayball. He's going to be better. I'm like, Tyrod Taylor is Dayball's guy. So if Daniel Jones is sucking it up, I don't see, I don't, he has no loyalty to Daniel Jones. He's going to pull that hook. 
And yep. I hope, I mean, listen, is it nice if I be right? Yeah, but I'm not, I don't want that to happen because I know that we're using our, our second string guy. Granted, Tyrod Taylor is very serviceable. <clears throat> uh, I think he's a great quarterback. Uh, I'm going to say great quarterback, but he's a serviceable quarterback in the NFL. He's done it before. He's been able to win. He can um, move the ball. He can exactly he can move the ball, and that's the Giants have struggled with. I mean, you you see teams with their second string, third string quarterbacks come in, and they put up points. And you hear the Giants were, were playing Mike Lennon, Jake Fromm, fucking whoever else that was last year after Daniel Jones went down, and they were barely able to muster up three points. You know, so I mean, I don't think we're going to see a time where, you know, the time of us the <laughs> Giants going on 39 in your own, like, five, just to make extra space for a punt. I don't think that's going to happen on the day bowl. Uh, hopefully it does not. But um, I I do see, I think Daniel Jones is having a tough time right now. I, I Hopefully he turns it around. But I just, I, I, you know, call me negative Giants fan. It's been all negative for the last, you know, ever since, I think, too. Uh, but what, what, what are Giant fans thinking when they think this guy can be the guy? I mean, what have you seen from him so far in his, what, Three years with the Giants. Three, yeah, this is fourth year. So three. I think it was early on that first year he did have like some promise. Not first year because his first year was with, when Eli was still there. I'm sorry, his second year where he won that game against Tampa Bay. Granted, they only won that game because Tampa Bay missed a field goal. Um, there's been moments where like you know he was able to run here that 80 yard run against the Eagles. Um, you know there was times that Eagles that same Eagles game where he hit a wide open receiver. He like made a nice play for a receiver and then receiver drops and then that costs them the game. So like they're, they're seeing it. Whereas it's like the, the offensive line has been terrible. The defense hasn't been great. Uh, that they think that maybe with him with a capable or competent head coach and a competent offensive coordinator, that'll be better. Cause now he's got Mike Kafka, who is the, who's the quarterback coach for the chiefs being their offensive coordinator. So I think they think it will help him turn around with Brian Dable, who's the offensive coordinator with Josh Allen, the boat with the, with the bills. They think that with those two guys, they'll turn Daniel Jones' career around. But I just don't think – listen, you either have the talent or you don't. And I, I just don't think he has the talent to be an NFL quarterback. And I think we see the last three years. This, I'm surprised that he's being named, you know, starter out the gate with a new coach like this. But I guess they have to go with him because he wasn't he was a first-round draft pick, unfortunately. So I think they yeah, have to buy with it's, him. It was just obvious that they had to hold on to him uh, for, for yeah, the season and they're going to move along. You know what I mean? It, it just the the quarterback class for you know this draft was kind of thin, and yeah, it was, nobody was really great. stand out. There was nobody that the Giants or anybody really in the league was super excited on, and you know yeah. had to go after and get or make trades to be able to put themselves in a position to get. So yeah. it, it's just a situation of it is what it is. That this is how the cards fell, and you, you get what exactly. you get out of them this year. But any Giant fan that thinks he's not gone after the season is out of their mind. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if he, I, I am sorry, I would be surprised if he was here for fifth year. That's definitely without a doubt in my mind. But and, I, and story, once they move on from him, I don't think he starts for anybody. I maybe back up somewhere if he's lucky. That's it. <laughs> and that's it. Maybe he's starting the XFL, but the Calgary Stampeders. Yeah. <laughs> the CFL, XFL, or what was the other one they had recently? Was the, uh, the USFL. USFL. Yeah, USFL. Um, but the big story this week of the New York Giants training camp was the the huge fight that broke out yesterday, and the offensive line coach got involved. He actually shoved the linebacker. That wasn't and, yesterday, though. Was it yesterday? Was two, was that it? was two days ago. That was Monday. 
Or was it Monday? I don't know why. I said it was either, yeah, it was Monday or Saturday, one of the two. Yeah, well, it was recent. And I was just like, God damn it. Like, I get if fights break out in training camp, it always does. I feel like every training, every team goes through a fight. But to have a coach involved in it, like, what the it's fuck? It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. I'm surprised he's not fired. You know, like, I'm surprised they weren't like, get the fuck out of a building. Like, you can't hit a fucking player. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're upset about it because I think it was, they were saying that. I guess uh, what started the fight was Saquon. No, I'm sorry. It wasn't Saquon. Someone hit someone on the offensive side hard. Then Saquon came in, hit someone more physical than he probably should have been on the defensive side. And then at that point, they took exception to it, the defensive side of the tip of the ball. And then they were pulling bodies and everything. And then the offensive line coach came in and shoved someone. It was it was a pretty big melee. It was a pretty big fight. Um, they had a funny meme of, uh, I think, who I think, who was it? Was it Andrew Thomas or someone? One no, of the- it's uh, his name is uh, like Fiorentino or, or or something like that. And he was dragging. He was getting yeah. dragged, right? Yeah. yeah. That, that was pretty but embarrassing. Is it that bad for a coach to get involved and shove somebody? I mean, it's not little kids. They're grown-ass men. He shouldn't be picking a side, yeah. It's I understand he shouldn't be picking a side, but it's like let's not overreact and act like it's, you know, Pop Warner football and some six-year-old no, no, got it's- tossed. I'm not it's saying not, that. I'm not saying because they're it's not, not bad that it's 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 bad that he put his hands on another player. He yeah. picked a side. He picked a side. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. They're all wrong. They're 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 all your players. Whether you're the offensive line coach mm-hmm. or you're the defensive line coach, you're on the same team. And players obviously get caught in the moment. Their their feelings because they're playing in the moment. As a coach, you're supposed to be the voice of reason, and you're supposed to stop the fight. Because you don't want your players to fight against each other. You're not supposed to be like, all right, my offense is going to gang up on your defense and we're going to physically assault you and I'm going to be in on it. Like, that's crazy. That yeah, would be no, like I, doing. I get it. That would be doing bounty gate against your own team. No, I, I just think get it's also it, unprofessional. But... It's just unprofessional. Like, you, you're the coach. You should have some more composure. You're supposed to set an example. You're, yeah, exactly. You're setting an example and you just came over to shove the linebacker. Like, that's going to make. Things worse, and this they're gonna the fight's gonna be worse between the offensive and defense because the offensive line coaches came over and just shoved our linebacker who's a leader on this team. You know, it's no, definitely I, not building bridges. But it's it's not, definitely not building bridges. It, it, it's not a big deal. It absolutely was. It absolutely it, is a big it, deal. It's not it's a team deal. that's gonna win three like, games. T, yeah, it would be like three games now. But let's say let's say you had two kids and they were fighting, and you hit one and not the other. If one deserved it, it's called discipline. Oh, they both deserve it. They shouldn't be fighting. It's clown. Not, not at all. Not at all, dude. <laughs> T is like, I'm gonna smack the shit out of one, but not dude, the other. Dude, like it, that that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The one I like more is not getting a beating. One kid walks over to the other kid and spits in his fucking cereal during breakfast and they go into a fight. Yeah, you're gonna smack the one and spit in his fucking kid's cereal. Especially if it's Captain well, Crunch. You do not fuck with the captain. Well, I guess it would. I guess it would be Nick's. <laughs> Nick's point would have been better if he was like, "You came over and your favorite child spit in the cereal of your least favorite child, and you smacked the least favorite child, being like, why 'Why'd you let him spit in your cereal?'" You know what I'm <laughs> like that. Yeah, that would be saying that would be that's that could be like that. tough love. Like you smack him and be like, "Fucking hit him back! What are you doing?" <laughs> that kid's gonna grow up and kill you and your wife and your better. No, that's like when you're like, <laughs> "Dude, are you serious? Spit in your cereal." You get clever. Next thing you know, he wakes up with pink eye, and it's like, "What happened?" Caught it on your pillow, you son of a bitch. Bare ass. <laughs> but uh, so so prison rules. Because I know you wanted to make a lion's uh, hard knocks point before we move. Uh... So it was two things. So one with the with the whole Saquon thing. I saw a lot of people flexing about that hit that he put on that DB, 
And then I saw Giants fans going, because I was like, if that DB made that type of attempt to tackle somebody in a game, the Giants fans would be tearing him apart. Like, that's not Saquon being a beast. That's that DB just having the absolute worst tackling ability in the history of mankind. They had zero leverage, didn't even attempt to wrap him up. Like, he just basically was stood in front of Saquon and was like, I had hit me. So somebody that was a Giants fan, I don't recall who, was like, that drill, you're not supposed to take anybody down to the ground. And Saquon abused the rules because he was mad that the defense was dominating the offense and making them look bad. So Saquon came through and just threw a shoulder and knocked this guy down, and that's what sparked the fight was because yeah, yeah. Saquon Saquon basically broke the rules. It would be like, hey, we're doing a walkthrough, and he was just like, boom. And like, like if you ever watch Gridiron Gang, when they're doing a walkthrough and the running back comes through and just throws a forearm shiver at one of the DBs, that's what Saquon did. And and I just thought it was a weird flex on the Giants. Like, a lot of these Giants fans were like, look at this amazing hit by Saquon. And I'm like, well, if this is just, like, not supposed to be full contact, like, down to yeah. the ground, that's a weird flex. And that that's what started the fight. Because uh, yeah. like, it was like he was too physical in that play where they were not supposed to be that physical. And then he took it too far. Right. And like, and oh, look at this hit by Saquon. I just, thought, I just thought it was the weirdest flex from Giants fans. Look at this amazing hit. I'm like, that hit was not supposed to happen. And – the DB's response is basically, it wasn't an amazing hit. It was, uh, took a cheap shot at me when we weren't supposed to be doing that. And I feel like that's probably the same giant fans that think, uh, Daniel Jones would be the starting quarterback all 16 games or 17 games. <laughs> you might be right about that. But, uh, talking about, uh, hard knocks, I did see some things today about hard knocks that I, I was, you know, I like hard knocks. I think it's interesting. I don't get to watch it all the time. I don't have HBO. I'm not I recorded. I just didn't um, watch it yet. I do like watching hard knocks though. But uh, today they dropped uh, Aiden Hutchinson, their first round pick number two overall uh, singing Billy Jean in front of the entire team in the, uh, in the classroom to the point where everybody else on the team starts singing it with him. And I'm gonna I'm gonna show it to you right now because it's pretty damn funny. Uh, it's it's one of the guys takes off his shirt, <laughs> and 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 it, if you look, it's a guy in the second row takes off his shirt, and another guy doesn't even see him take it off. He throws it, and the other guy catches it in front of him. Doesn't see the guy throw it. He catches it and immediately starts dancing with it. <laughs> and I'm like, these guys are in the wrong profession. I think you, were, you were talking about this before we, we started going on the air, but you were saying that you were bringing up hard knocks because you wanted to say whether or not it helps or hurts teams. I think it helps them because it brings you these like random players that you probably wouldn't have heard of, but then you cheer for them. You know, like like Danny Amendola was on the Dallas Cowboys back in the hard knocks, and like people wanted to see Danny Amendola do, do well. And eventually they cut him and then he moved on, and obviously he moved on to the Patriots, won a couple Super Bowls. But it's. I think. I think it's good. But let we'll, I me mean, let's show the clip first, and then we'll uh, we'll get back to that point. Um, let me see. If I got it here. She was born like a beauty queen in the movie scene. I said, "No matter to do the queen, I <laughs> so she told me her name was Billy every head turned and eyes dream. So this guy in the yellow is gonna catch the shirt. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
always told me. There goes the shirt. Catch. <laughs> oh my god, that was incredible. <laughs> this is painful to watch. Oh my god, that was actually really awesome. Oh, so like, it was seamless. He threw, so he threw the shirt and he just he was like going to get up and just had it there. It was started spinning it. That is not good for football. That's so, amazing for football. It's not TJ. good for life. That's so not, good. Like, oh my god. First of all, first of all, my favorite player now. That's you know song. what, dude? I, I can't wait. I can't wait, fucking Rook, until you go to one of your daughters' uh recitals because they're doing dance or gymnastics, and you gotta watch 30 other freaking classes before you get to see your daughter. So you're there for three hours and you only get the two minutes of your daughter. That's what you're really there for, right? And then you gotta watch the 29 other girls like dance groups. Go, you know, and be like, oh, this is fucking torture. Because that's what that was. That was torture to watch. Like, it's not funny unless you're involved in it, unless you know these people. It's just it's such douchey a and ugh. It's such a it's, I mean, ugh. You, just, you just take no enjoyment in life, dude. Yeah, seriously. It's not funny at all. It's like, I get was... the point of, like, the hazing, embarrass somebody, make you go stand up and, and sing a song or something like that. But make it better. Throw fucking you know rock. Now you have to you have to sing Billy Jean next time we have a show. No, I I, I don't <laughs> sing songs made by pedophiles. Sorry. Prove that he touched those kids. <laughs> First of all, Billy Jean Billy Jean is a great Billy Jean's a great song for anybody in the NFL, all right? Because the lyrics of the song are "The kid is not my son," and I think everybody in the NFL should learn that phrase at least practice it with their lawyer once or twice. That's true. Except Antonio Cromartie, because most of the time those kids are his. <laughs> yeah, I mean he ran out of leeway on that one. Him and Philip Rivers. Yeah, Philip Rivers. Like, no, that's my son. I have like seven of them. When, one day, I hope to see Antonio Cromartie's kids fight, uh, uh, play against uh, Philip Rivers' kids in a football game because they both have like eleven or twelve kids. Yeah, they do. I think they. I think. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I don't. If you're a diehard football fan, I guess Hard Knocks is great. But if, if they're not focused on your team, who gives a shit? I, I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm not into it. I don't care about other people's teams. I don't care about other people's rookies or. Who's making camp and who's not? It, it's just, oh, this coach said this. It's like, dude, I, I don't care. I don't live in your city. The Oakland Raiders a couple of years ago was very good. It was the uh, the year they got uh, Antonio Brown, and he like never played a game for them. They had Las all Vegas. that drama. What was that? The Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, I'm sorry, Las Vegas Raiders. It was like first, it was the first season in Las Vegas, and uh, and the whole shit with AB and everything. That was fucking awesome. Hold on. All right. So the original question was, do you think it helps or hurts? Honestly. I think it helps. Depending, it depends on the circumstance. So uh, the thing I, that bothers me about Hard Knocks is only the bottom like three teams can be on Hard Knocks. And Luckily I think the that, Giants have not get picked the last four years somehow. So <laughs> well, you have to accept it or not. Oh, is that that's, what the, that's why the Lions are 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 we're in it now. And that's why the Jets were in it. I want to say it was uh, Rex's first year. Because the year yeah, before right. they were one of the they were one of the bottom three teams in the league. Yeah, it's so it, it, you, you dude, can't be successful so because of the distraction. There, there was more people in that room of that video clip that you just showed than actually living in the city of Detroit. I just want you to know that. <laughs> but uh, 
but uh, I, I think it serves as more as a distraction than than it does a, a boom to your team, especially if you're going through a struggle like the Lions are, where you know a lot of people are calling head coach's head. You know, like yeah. there's a lot of people that don't want him, and now he he had a great powerful speech today. I believe I saw a clip of it where he's like almost on the verge of tears, saying like, "Dude, I'm doing everything I can to make sure you guys are out there to put your best foot forward and whatnot." Um, and and maybe that brings people to his side, and they, they feel like Dan Campbell can bring them. I'm pretty sure Dan Campbell is a coach um, can bring them to that next level. That's not in the toilet bowl that the Lions have been in for the last I don't know 80 years or so. Um, but you know, I, I do I do think that it's unnecessary if you're if you're a struggling team. I think it would be more better suited toward a team that's already functioning at a high level, so that it doesn't prove to be like one of those like laughing stock things where it's like, oh crap, like. We're watching this team that that can't complete a fucking pass, and and we gotta, you know, it just brings more hate. No, um, it, it, it's pure, it's pure entertainment, you know. Like when, yeah, it's all your, your coach is screaming that uh, he doesn't care if you have one ass cheek and three fingers, he'll beat your ass. It's like, yeah, good call, buddy. Fucking did you guys, entertainment. But uh, but uh, <laughs> did you guys happen to catch Antonio Brown's regrets? Uh, I, I, I could have sworn I saw something today, whether it was true or not. Uh, I, Are you it pulling was, it up? I'm trying to, I don't think I'm going to be able to find it, but the, the right. gist of it was like, I don't regret, uh, flying into my first practice in Las Vegas in a hot air balloon with a frozen foot. I don't regret, uh, <laughs> taking my shirt off and doing a victory lap around the jet stadium, putting up peace signs. I, I don't regret this. I don't regret that. He goes, my only regret is that I will never get to witness myself playing football. And he was like watching it. He's like, and he goes, I mean, watching it with my own eyes. Cause obviously I can't watch myself, but he goes, I, I am deprived of my own greatness because I couldn't see myself play football. And I'm like, this guy has a head injury. Like seriously, the man is injured in the dome. Like there's no way his brain works at a level that it should be working at. Uh, uh, it was just the most ridiculous thing. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Team uh, about a football player talking about himself. It was just stupid. What's his IQ? And if, you think he's like functional enough to be able to operate like a car? He's been <laughs> he's been like a fucking idiot ever since uh, Vontez Burfecht knocked him out in that playoff game. Yeah, like yeah, ever and a lot of he's gone downhill. Like it's I, definitely I, a hit to the head. It's not. Like he's just not a crazy. He wasn't like a, a crazy person before that. Now he's just fucking out of his mind. But yeah, I, will say, I, don't, I will go back to your point about train, uh, hard knocks. I think it helps. I think it, I only think it helps because it gives you that aspect of looking at players who you may not have looked at before, and just gives you a little behind the scenes of how a coach may operate. So maybe you might have a little more respect for him before you're saying, you know, I want to cut him out. You know, fire him. But um, at the same, but if at the same you're not token. a fan of that team, who gives a shit? I was gonna say I agree with TJ, on that, team, that but if you really do love football, like it's 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 just fun, like just to watch a coach's mind and like if they're you know what their practices go through, and you know, listen, hard knocks. There's just sometimes it's just funny moments. Like a couple of years ago, the Browns offensive line coach, who was that? The guy with the belly. Every time he said "hut," his belly his jumped. Gut, up. His gut moved. <laughs> yeah, like and he like he said pretty funny shit too. He said like some like what was it? it was something like uh, you know. In World War II, they were jumping on beaches and and whatever, and you guys are now sitting out because you like have a cramp. 
Like he was just like ripping apart all the players and shit. So people sometimes people find like that one niche character, I guess. Uh, you know, in each hard knocks, and the people people well, you know, are drawn by that. And they like like watching it, like Aiden Hutchinson doing Billy Jean. People like that shit. You know, it's just, I, it's just I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people out there that have head injuries, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, TJ has no joy in anything. So. He does. <laughs> yeah, no joy in anything. I, dude, I'll watch three hours of people getting just like hitting the nuts randomly. Like, that's funny. That's entertainment. <laughs> All right. Watching like, you know, biggest asshole drivers on YouTube. Like, there's a compilation of people crashing. The hilarious. TJ. TJ's like, uh, if you ever watch the movie um, Chasing Amy, the, the whole premise of the, it's two grown adult men that write comic books about dick and fart jokes. That's TJ. Very big <laughs> yeah. on the dick and fart jokes. Yeah, I know. Like, There's nothing like having a talent show favorite, with 30-year-old men singing Billie Jean. That's his favorite awesome. thing. His favorite thing in the world was like watching like uh, Funniest Home Videos, just like World's Funniest Shots to the Nuts. That was like the, his favorite thing. I so just said that. Like, you can't take if, what I just said and then, like, turn it into, like, a pun. I didn't. It was a negative. It wasn't a pun. It's not a negative. It's not a negative. More people watch that than this fucking idiot singing Billie Jean. Uh, yeah, I don't uh, think so. I, I feel like, like... Does Antonio Brown regret this, Nick? Did he say if he regretted this? <laughs> this dance move. Put that shit on! Put that shit on! What is this dance? Put that shit on! That's music. Unbelievable. That is terrible. We are all dumber for having watched that. Having watched that. May God have mercy on his soul. TJ, did you enjoy that? The only way the clip gets better is if, like, a spontaneous fire breaks out. <laughs> and he's trapped on stage. <laughs> and that leather just gets melted to his skin and forever walking around like fucking a weird-looking Eddie Murphy. I was going to say, I, like Eddie Murphy. I, I didn't like the Eddie Murphy. No, no, definitely not. I don't like that. He doesn't deserve that. No, not yeah, he doesn't deserve that. But Eddie Murphy's funny. Yeah, Eddie Murphy's funny. This guy's just a fucking head case. Anyway, I think that's that's everything for training camp. Um, yeah, you've ruined my night. We're we're running we're running short on time. We only have three minutes left. So, quick baseball points: Mets are winning, Yankees are losing. Good night, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. One last thing: Tim Tim Anderson out four to six weeks from the torn hand ligament. <laughs> Could have happened to that. Right? I. I uh... I fixed it up for you, TJ. Is that, that, that made your night better? That made it yeah. The only way my night would get better is if you told me I could throw out a ceremonial first pitch and Tim Anderson standing over there and I could drill him intentionally. <laughs> Be great. So, when I say this, I don't mean to say it as like being mean. I don't mean to say it like I don't believe in you. I don't. I'm gonna say it as I'm old and you're old, and I don't think we either one of us has the smoke to hurt Tim Anderson with a pitch. I didn't say hurt. The embarrassment factor is like here, here's so and so throwing out the ceremonial first pitch, and he's just standing there swinging a bat, and I just hit him in the back and then stare at him. I I don't feel like that would be embarrassing for anybody, especially Tim Anderson, who'd probably come out and try to fight you. I'd be great. I would take that on all day. He'd probably get out of the way before that pitch even gets there. 
No way. See, that was a dig. I wasn't trying to dig at you. That was no a way. dig. <laughs> Not yeah. a chance. TJ ruined my enjoyment of Hard Knock, so I have to ruin his yeah. enjoyment of Tim Anderson. Too bad. That's how it works, TJ. <laughs> no, not at all. It's not how it works. I'll tell you how it works, okay? Well, I would say uh, the Mets uh, collapse that you guys were predicting in August has not happened yet. They just keep hey, it's still it's still plenty of games left. And the only reason I say that is because I saw them blow an eight-game lead in, in September 2007. It's true. It's true. And, and of course, every, every Mets fan will say, this is a different team. This is a different owner. It's been a different team, a different owner for the last 36 years. I mean, it's, it's been uh, – they had a really good series though, against the Braves. That was big for the AL uh, East. Yeah, those Braves but choked. The Braves did choke. What did they lose, four to five, right? Or they got swept? Yeah, they did. They did. Four to five, right? Four to five. Four to five. And the Yankees are just uh, keep losing series, which sucks. I mean, granted, they had a good hot start, so, like, these games don't mean too much of the stand. I think they're at like, I think they still have a 10 or a nine and a half game lead at this point, mm-hmm. which is still a pretty big league in the AL East coming into the last final months. Um, how about the Red Sox trailing the uh, Orioles for fourth place? They're in last place, the Red Sox. No, no, no. If we're going to talk about the Red Sox, we need to talk about the real Red Sox news. Chris Sale riding yeah. a bicycle anyway, breaks his wrist. He's like, uh, hold on, I have actually footage of that. Hold on, give me one second. We found footage of this uh, from getting <laughs> hurt. Come on, my fucking computer is running so slow. God damn it. Awkward silence. All right. No, keep going, keep going. Someone talk. (laughs) Oh, it's amazing we can find that friggin' Billy Jean bullshit right away. (laughs) That happened today. That happened today. Shouldn't have Uh, never happened. Well, after this, we're going to end the show, but we have to show this first because this is definitely. Definitely how it happens. <laughs> <laughs> Christelle, what are you doing? Oh, no, Christelle. What happened? <laughs> what happened, Christelle? Anyone who's wondering what we're watching, it's the uh, for the audio version. It was Joe Biden from off the bike because that's – I assume uh, that's how he got hurt, right? Uh, Christelle? Oh, no I would like to think Chris Sale is more competent than Joe Biden. <laughs> you would think. You would think, you would but he think. got hurt on a bike as well. So what are you going to do? Yeah, but at least, you know, supposedly people didn't have to vote for Chris Sale. <laughs> Air quotes. Um, Chris Sale was actually going downhill when he fell off his bike. Oh. So he had an excuse. He had an excuse. Yeah. Unlike Breaks being once. even... You want to like be on even ground and just trying to take your foot off the pedal? <laughs> Some Yankee fan cut his brakes or something. I don't know. But uh, but the, I'll be damned if that guy didn't do a five and one third innings this season. All right. Well, before we end, are you concerned about the Yankees, Nick? Yeah, every day. TJ? <laughs> Not overly concerned, but yes. Uh, definitely cause for concern right now with what's going on, and we definitely need Matt Carpenter back. We need we a need- spark. Carpenter, and we need Stanton to come back because their offense has been putrid since uh, Stanton's gone out. So that's a fact. Roma runs offensive is offensive struggling. The pitching picked up a little bit. Tayon pitcher Tayon Tayon Tayon. What can I say? Tayon Tayon Tayon. Coming to my. <laughs> oh my god. Tyone. Took that one up there with uh, Billy Jean. Yeah, yeah, Billy Jean got to me. But uh, Tayon well. Cole pitched well yesterday, and Nestor pitched. Uh, had a had a no hitter going, I think five or six today. So 
Starting pitch is not the issue. It's the offense. Yeah, so. yeah, they lost. So who gives a shit what his fucking? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But did you see the base paths yesterday on the uh, in the extra inning games? The the ghost runner, they got it thrown out at the eleventh, the twelfth, and the thirteenth inning. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch the game yesterday. I had to it wake up at really four bad. something they this got... morning to go to uh, to come here. It was pretty pathetic. Each time, an extra every extra inning started off with the guy on second. They got thrown out for a base running blunder, which was fucking terrible. But They'd be running laps until they couldn't walk anymore. But Aaron Boone's just like, they were being aggressive, so it's okay. I'm okay with it. I'm not going to yell at anyone. Fucking guys, no backbone. Yeah, 100%, and that's why I wanted Aaron Boone gone last year. But, you know, Same. what do I know? Same. All right, boys. Nick, take us on out. I don't think I want to after you did that. Whatever that joke was, I've tried to erase it. But I don't want – I just – Tyone, trying to do the French accent? Yeah, that – yeah, yeah. Pepe Le Pew. That didn't sit well with me at all. Pepe Le Pew's a rapist. We all know that by now. Settle down. He's forcing himself <laughs> on, on that cat. Settle down. <laughs> Settle He's down. Forced, I never once heard that cat painted like a skunk say no. If that cat was your daughter, you'd be very upset. <laughs> if situation. I had a daughter that was a cat, I'd be like every other fucking crazy cat owner. That's like, these are my children. <laughs> this one's Sparkle. <laughs> cat, cat daddy. I call this one my precious. <laughs> oh, God. this one's spicy. <laughs> She's got a spunky attitude yeah. about her. She eats when she wants. She's so spunky. She just shits on my bed all the time. <laughs> oh my God! Don't don't get me started on cat owners. They're, they're, they're not even cat owners. The the cat owns the fucking person. Yeah. Fucker! Anytime you walk past a cat, they just like threaten to murder you. Yeah. So I got to shit in the sand over there. Go clean it out. I'm pretty sure you wipe your dog's ass. I'm pretty sure <laughs> me wiping my dog's paws after walking her and making sure she's clean before she sleeps on my bed has nothing to do with no, dude, no, absolutely not. Uh, I'm just I, I've never, I've never gone on, o- over a cat owner's house and walked through the door and had the cat run up to me and be like, "Oh my god, you're here!" Every time I walk through the door, my wife's like, "Eh," my son's like, "Oh hey," my dog's like, "Holy fuck, you came back! You're the man! I can't believe you came back!" And that's why dog owners are the best because we fucking insecure people need that in our lives. That's what keeps us from pulling over on the side of the Barrazano and jumping the fuck off. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a. What a dark turn that took. Well, I'm just saying, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it before you have to pay the fucking $9 toll, right? It's $17, dude. No, it's two-way tolling now. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I try not to go across it. Boom. But if I was going to do it, I'd wear a fucking cape. Just so people would be like, holy shit. This guy's trying to fly. All right, Nick, I think you got to take us out. <laughs> Wait for a cruise ship to go underneath it. Land on the Lido deck. Oh, God. Ruin the fucking Macarena. <laughs> Stay rock. <laughs> That's how I ended. Ruin the Macarena. Goodbye. <laughs> 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 